Hey, welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. It's a podcast we talk about real ministry for the majority. I am Andy George, and joining me as always are Ken Hester and Jamie Buford. How are both of you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing great, as always. <laughs> I feel like good. I feel like there's not a, there's not too many days where I'm down. I don't think I've ever seen you down. You know? I know, so, me too. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, good I mean, we, we could talk about ACC basketball this last year. Oh, with, well, did that get him you know, down? I mean, I'm sure yeah. that got you down did a little bit. I mean, a little bit. It's perspective, people. It's perspective. <laughs> you know? It can't be good every year. Well, you know what can be good? You know what can be good every time is this podcast. That's right. Every time. This podcast can be good every time. So thank you for listening, by the way. And if you're listening, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, give us some feedback, give us some ratings as well. Five star would be greatly appreciated. And we value you, the listener, and we hope you get some great, great value out of this podcast as well. And uh, we got something really good for today. Yes, we got a good buddy of mine, Stephen Webb, uh, affectionately called Sweb. I like so that. For all of you that uh, all nickname. of you that listen to the podcast, you can now call him Sweb. I like that too. Okay, go. I can call so him. You Sweb. can call him Sweb now. Okay. Yep. Well, why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about him, and yeah. then we're going to jump into the interview. Yeah. So uh, Sweb and I spent uh, actually almost nine years together at Elevation. He was over all of our extension sites and really kind of planting campuses before they were campuses, raising up leaders, empowering people, just really volunteers that would lead kind of home churches of 10, 20, that would grow to 75, 100, 150 college campuses as well, that uh, Appalachian State started an extension site there with 12 kids, ended up growing to 500. They ended up doing 100 baptisms at App State University. So it's very cool to see just his yeah. involvement, his his leadership development in that. And uh, and then and now he's taking that to the global church. So he's a coach. Awesome. He helps church planners. Um, and uh, again, he's been a great friend. Lauren, um, his two kids, Summer and Stellan, they're phenomenal. They live in Orlando, Florida. And uh, he's just been a good friend for a long time um, during Elevation and post-Elevation. So. Nice. <laughs> so the title is One Big Thought. So what's the one big thought that he's going to be bringing today. Yeah, the big thought today is really how do we build the church, not just a service? So it's a question that we're going to answer because obviously there's the, the the kind of tension there of, well, Sunday's always coming, but how do we build the church for Monday through Saturday? Yeah. So we're going to dive into some of those questions and we're going to jump into that conversation right now. Well, Stephen Webb, it sounds weird to call you that. I'm, so I'm just going to call you <laughs> Sweb, as I always have for, I don't good. know, nine plus years. But Sounds Sweb. weird to me, too, so thank you. <laughs> How are you doing, man? You doing good this morning? I, I, you know, I'm doing a lot better talking to you, and that's for sure. Hey, that's always good. Aww. So Yeah, uh, yeah so <laughs> it's, good. it's good to have you on. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes and, and, and just giving us one big thought. Um, we're yes, going to get to know uh, a little bit about you, what you do as well. We'll get into that those details a little bit later. But, uh, you know, today's thought, we're really kind of answering a question of how do we build the church, not just a service? And yeah. you got some great thoughts on that. Uh, let's just dive in. Where do you want to start? And uh, and then we'll we'll kind of add some uh, add some color around what your thoughts are. How about that? Okay, that's fine. Uh, man, can I give a clarifier up front on For that? For sure, absolutely. No, not a clarifier. You didn't say it wrong. I want to add to it. That's what I mean. <laughs> it, I made this I made this provocative Instagram post recently, and I said uh, I said it this way: like, what if what if we built churches and hope the service broke out instead of building services and hope church breaks out? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where this this one big thought came from. That I feel like what we do is not to say wrong. It might just be incomplete. It's kind of my point or maybe it's out of order. So that's kind of where all this comes from. If that makes any sense. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what I love is like, how do we build the church? Um, right. And, and you know, a lot of times people say, all right, church versus service, isn't it the same thing? But right. how, do, how do you kind of juxtapose those or, or how do you make sure that people understand that a service is obviously part of the church, but it can't be our main right. focus? Yeah, I think it's just incomplete. It's short-sighted. I mean, if you're building a service, you're going to get that immediate immediate kind of gratification or whatnot. Um, you know, we've got to build on a certain presence. For example, I think I put down here, for example, that you're building a service, you're building an event, which means it's going to be built on the presence of an individual, of a team, of a leader, of a pastor, of a preacher. Like, think about how terrible the service would be if the just preacher decided not to show up last second. Um, you <laughs> some, know, some church would be better off. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, praise the Lord. I've never had to attend that church, but yes, there are churches where you're like, Hey, that'd just be better if we sang some more. But like, even in that case, the worship leader doesn't show up last second, or we've all been a part of a service where the mic drops and we're like, Mm -hmm. wow, that that just kind of makes the whole thing miss. And so when it's built on that, you see what I'm saying? It's kind of short-sighted that in and of itself doesn't make the church effective or less effective. It it's just that one particular service. So it's short-sighted. However, I feel like the church has proven on the absence of a leader I think you could just apply that to leadership in general um, is like, it's one thing to lead while you're there, but what you built will be proven when you're not there. That's right. And uh, I feel like if we built a church around, Hey, here's the mission, here's what I'm supposed to do. Even if I'm not around to see the fruit of it, to me, that reminds me of kind of how Jesus did it. But if we, again, we build a service, um, an event, an initiative, you know, once the 90 minutes is up, we're, we're kind of done. We can check the box, but I just don't know that people give their lives to an event. And so that's where I feel like there's this, I don't know, it's just out of order. Again, it's incomplete. We might be building towards the wrong thing if we start with the wrong motives. That makes, again, that makes any sense. Yeah. So, so Stephen, uh, that was really good. Go back to what you meant and explain a little more about building something. Uh, you said something about not being there. Explain that again. About not being there. Yeah. Where you're talking about building something and, and the proof of it is when you're not there. Yeah. Oh, so leader. Sorry. Yeah. If the leader, I feel like that's what proves your leadership. I mean, it would be true for parenting too. I heard a lady one time make a funny comment. Um, She says, uh, she says, people judge your mama by your manners. And that's just another way to say it too. Like the mama's not around, right? but what she built is kind of lingering and left over. And uh, it's that kind of thing. I think like, um, you know, like let's just take Jesus. We might as well start with the top and the best example. And, you know, Jesus had three years to change the world. He didn't ever come across as frantic. Um, the church that we're all a part of now and the services we build to back up our proof and our belief in the church, all those things didn't come around till after he left. And I feel like, I know that's a big, broad conversation that we could argue in Bible commentaries for ages. But my point is, uh, I feel like the proof of a good leader is shown in the absence of that leader. Did you build something in a way that outlasts you? Did you raise kids in a way that, you know, like the Bible says, did you put them on the right path? And then later on, did they depart from it simply because you weren't there to babysit them? It's that mindset. And again, if a service by kind of by definition, technically requires ingredients to always be there for it to be pulled off, it's got to, you know, and and I'll just use the simple terms. It requires the preacher. It requires the worship leader. It requires the sound man. And if one of those people don't show up, Man, it's it's kind of crappy. <laughs> yeah, I but, saw I saw a post recently where like one of one of Jesus's greatest miracles is that he would preach to thousands without a microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, How do you so do like, that? <laughs> like, wait, wow, okay, cool. But even even still, with that, I think what you mentioned as well in that the the being 
the church is proven on the absence of a leader. That's such a great mm-hmm. point because it is the collection of us all on the yeah. same mission. It's the collection That's of the right. disciples. It's the collection of the early church of the of the of people meeting in homes and acts and and it was the the extension of the meeting or the service that actually became the church. That's right. That's right. We're, we're, we're building it around something that the idea even is bigger than ourselves. And so our presence doesn't dictate its success. It's our participation in whatever time we happen to be here. That's what contributes to the greater success. Um, and I just, I just like, I just like that feeling. I just like that. Uh, I mean, I think it's right, but I'm just saying even, even from the preferential, like, you know, even self-serving side of it, I want to be a part of something bigger than what I have to physically be present for for an hour. So how have you seen that play out? You work with a lot of church planners, a lot of church leaders across the country. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking of a couple of instances. I've seen you work with people that are plant specifically planting church and they're building it in a different way, kind of a different model rather than the service first, the service is the byproduct. So kind of talk a little bit more about that. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll give kind of a clarifier or caveat up front. I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to give you any definition of right or wrong when I say this, whoever's listening out there. I'm definitely not saying, hey, this is the best way. But sure. some things I've seen where I feel like it's probably most helpful, most most sustainable, uh, a.k.a. I guess you could say healthy. That's a pretty strong word these days. Everybody has a different definition of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think that comes from a place, maybe the simplest way to start would be motive. You know, are you in a hurry to get a service going so that you can prove to your investors that you're doing something? I think mm-hmm. a lot of church planners think that way. And it's normal because they're scrambling. They're desperate. Church planners are desperate. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, hey, I've got to do this because it's on my income. Um, my my Insta fame is built on this. Yeah. My, uh, you know, my my even just my own personal satisfaction that I feel productive in society is built on what I'm doing, not necessarily who I'm building. And so to flip that, I think the ones I've seen um, out there kind of grabbing a hold of this, uh, they have some unique characteristics about them. Maybe patience would be a huge one. Uh, discipline. You know, are you if you're disciplined, you can say no to a really good worship leader with a bad attitude. But if you're not disciplined, if he has a bad attitude but plays guitar really well, you're probably going to put him on your team. Yeah, it's true. And it takes a unique discipline to say, I'm not I'm not building for the voice. I'm not building for the event. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get our hearts aligned you know, kind of on this mission first. And I, uh, we need a greater understanding for why we're doing church in this town for this reason during the season, whatever. I think that should be the focus. And the guys who do that well, they spend a lot of time, focus, discipline, patience, and energy kind of behind the scenes, excavating, if you will, uh, before they, you know, you know, throw up the, the banners and the, and the lights or whatnot. Um, it's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy because again, we live in a world that, that immediate gratification uh, is, is helpful for own, you know, ego, of course, too. But it's also one of those things that's kind of required sometimes, or maybe you feel like people won't give to you. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm and not one, saying it's not a valid feeling. <laughs> yeah. One of the, and one of the things that you and I talked about as well, that I think is, is helpful and, and continues in this same vein, which you kind of just mentioned there for a second was, you know, mm-hmm. that temporary feeling services are built right. on kind of a 60, 75, 90 minute service or experience. Right. And then you're kind of left wanting still, right? Like how, to, right. Ha, how I felt in that will determine whether or not yeah. I come back versus right. a church being built on like a 24 seven faith, a, right. a, an ongoing 
community and ongoing connection and ongoing what could this be in my everyday right. life rather than, all right, check the box and I'll, I'll see you again next week if it was good or not. No, that's great. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing is that 24-7 faith. Faith is not, I don't, I guess it can be proven an event, an event here and there, but man, that's definitely something that you live out and that sustains you. Do you have faith that God's still doing something in you when you can't perceive it? Do you have faith that God's taken what you've spoken into people and will do something with it beyond your presence here? Do you have faith like that? Which doesn't apply just to a preacher. That applies to when you invite your neighbor for five years to come to church. They never do. You move out of the city and then they show up to church finally. Hey, Ken freaking Hester, I got I got an illustration for you. We used to have a buddy who attended your your campus years ago. And uh, I invited him to church many times. He never came. And then I ran into him after I moved. I ran into oh, him. Oh, yeah, Jonathan. Yep. Jonathan. And that's a perfect example. It's like, man, if I did it for the feeling, I would have been I would have been upset the next day when he didn't show up to church. And if I would have called you and texted you, did Jonathan show up? Did Jonathan show up? For years, by the way, yeah. uh, I would have just been let down. But do you have faith that God's using you even when you don't perceive it, even when you don't benefit so or, you know, feel at least benefited? Um, you know, can you can you operate that way? Uh, because God's doing something again, bigger. And you see how that takes faith. Um, it's not quite the same faith we preach about. Um, it, it is, but it's not maybe in the same context, but yeah. Hey, God's doing something in me and I don't always have to feel it, feel good about it. I don't just see it. I don't just sit in a seat and watch a 50, 60, 70 minute video about it to know that God's working in me. That's, that's hard. Um, mm, yeah. it takes discipline and focus, but that's where the belief is. And I feel like that's where the miracle uh, is as well. Yeah. So Stephen, you're touching on a few things. One one word I, I keep coming back to is the word discouragement, especially this past year with a lot of pastors, right? So you got a lot of pastors that are dealing with a lot of discouragement because maybe the services haven't been what they thought they were going to be. They didn't have services in the new normal or COVID normal. Uh, they're scrambling to try to get something back. So kind of just through your lens, how would you encourage a pastor right now if you were sitting across from them? They're like, listen, I get it. It's about 24-7 faith. But right now I'm just trying to get my service yeah. back together. Uh, <laughs> and I'm trying, to get a, I'm trying to get a sense of what new normal is, and it's very discouraging. Uh, yeah. So how, how would you encourage them in this process as well? Man, that's such a great question. And I, I would love to think I'm an encourager, but man, you're right. It's a big world we live in and a, and a big season we're kind of coming out of. So I'll try to I'll try to jab at it a few ways. Um I mean, first, I'd say some of the, you know, maybe it's cliche. People said it before, but it's, it's worth reminding people that you're doing better than you think you are. Again, yeah, you're, the, you know, the cliches, you can't see the picture from inside the frame or the, you know, the forest for the trees, those mm -hmm. kind of things. I mean, you're in it. Your frustrations, your feeling are things that I don't know if other people really see or care about. So, and that's fine. The leader's going to care usually about more than other people see. That's fine. But I'm here to remind you that you're still doing better than you think you are. Um, and so, so just keep that in mind. Um, and, and that's a faith thing. Just believe it. Just believe that that's the case. Go back and, and recite promises in the Bible that God says about you. If you have to just start picking your favorite ones, you know, ask your mom or your grandmother to remind you of those, whatever you have to do, <laughs> recite those things. I'm not going to always, I'm, I'm never really going to be accused as the guy that's overly spiritual, but those are great reminders. Yeah. You know, go back. What did God say about you? Let's, let's just go with that for right now. Find your favorite worship song to listen to or whatnot. Just play that over and over if you have to, whatever you have to do to fill the atmosphere with promise, uh, I feel like is going to be helpful. Uh, the other thing I do to encourage them inc also includes a challenge though, is, you know, a lot of what you're worried about, you can control. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was actually just on a call a little bit ago with uh, with a church planner in the DC area, uh, having this very conversation. So it was very helpful <laughs> kind of set up here. And, um, but, but a lot of times what we're calling rhythms of people 
is really response of the people to our rhythms. Mm, that's true. So I would I would encourage you to, to just own your calling, own your job, own your circumstances, whatever. And you build the rhythms and then let the people respond to it. You're the leader. People are going to respond to that. Don't so don't say, well, the rhythm of my city, the rhythm of COVID or whatever, then dictates things. No, yeah. you can you can set a rhythm that says this is our meeting. You can set a rhythm that says this is the flow of our service. You can set a rhythm that says we're going to baptize once a month, even if it's not 20 like it used to be. We're only baptizing one. So be it. Set the rhythms and let people respond to your faith in action. Don't do it in reverse. And so, again, that's kind of a challenge. Yeah, but the encouraging part is you have control of that. That's the encouraging part is you you don't have to be on the whim of the world and COVID or whatnot. You can set your own rhythms. And that's going to bring a lot of um, I mean, I just think it brings a lot of excitement I yeah. mean, because now the controls back on you. Yeah, that was that was great. That was very. I love that last statement there of controlling the rhythm and owning your calling. Right. Uh, that's really good. It's a good reminder. Yeah, I think, good. I think in in all of it again, what we even started this conversation with was it's not, it's not that the service is bad, but it can't right. be the only thing. And right. when you're doing both, when you're building the church, when you're when you're um, encouraging and and helping disciple people. And they're living out their faith on a regular basis, 24-7, with their coworkers, with their family, with their friends, then now a service can be a byproduct of what's already happening in their life. So I love right. I love how you how you just kind of explained and encouraged a little bit with that. Uh, you know, we could t- really we could talk about this conversation, you know, for hours, but that's not, yeah. that's not the uh, that's not the way that this podcast well, and, p- and part of it goes to part, Part of it goes to being a, being pulpit driven versus yeah. being equipping equipping. Yeah, that's good. So I think mm. pastors who need that thrill of the pulpit versus yeah. no, my role is to actually equip you to actually live this out twenty four seven. I think it's also right. it's a mindset shift as well. You know, it's not about mm-hmm. me and my pulpit. It's about how am I equipping the church to be the church. Yeah, living living it out, applicable, yeah. applicable faith, not just like right. oh, not just Twitter yeah. faith or Instagram faith, yeah. right? Or like one uh, a sermon yeah. filled with one liners because you get attention. You know, it does doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, and you know, again, you can equip people with one liners too, as long as there's some. Yeah, there's, as long yeah it's as there's called the Bible. It's called Bible right. verses. As long as there's foundation <laughs> built on that. Right. So, well, very, well, well, very good. Sweb, thank you so much for spending some time with us and hanging out with us. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, um, what are some, what are some ways, you know, again, you coach and connect with people all over the place. What I love about mm-hmm. is you've got a heart for people and a heart for the church. So you'll yes, literally, literally have a conversation with anyone. Um, totally. some, sometimes that costs you something. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes it, yeah. it, it doesn't cost you in dollars. It might cost you an Amazon wish list or. That's uh, right. <laughs> coffee or a round of golf or whatever it is. That's right. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, what's the best way for people to get connected with you? Obviously, we'll have it in the, in the show notes, but what's the best way to set up a call with you or just find out more about how uh, how they can be coached by you? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, the the quick one is Instagram, uh, Stephen P. Webb. Uh, I'm Stephen with a PH, the proper way, the Jesus, the Bible there way. You go. <laughs> so, Stephen P. Webb. And, uh, but, uh, so there's that. And I, I try to provide a lot of just free content out there on Instagram. I'm not, uh, I'm not selling a lot necessarily. It's more like, Hey, here's, here's some thoughts to hopefully make you think in a different way. That's always been my quote product of sorts for two decades now is like another way to think about things. Um, the other way is, uh, Stephen P. Um, and that's simply just a place where I collect some thoughts and as well as like, to your point, can schedule a call. And even to go further on that, Ken, I know you were alluding to that is, I mean, there's a place on there. People can get on my calendar without paying anything or any promises. Just There's a free 30 minute. Just get on my calendar. We'll chat about stuff. And then mm-hmm. another one I like to do, and, and you know this, 
is uh, there's another place. If you just go on my website and scroll to the very bottom, it says, let's eat. And if you happen to be in Orlando, which is a pretty <laughs> traveled town, yes. um, you're going to come through Orlando at some point in the next year. Hey, get on my calendar and let's play golf or eat or something. And I've had people take me up on that. At first awesome. they thought there's no way he's going to make himself available, but if you get on my calendar, <laughs> I can, I can eat meat with just about anybody. So yeah, there's some options. I'd love to connect with you for sure. That's very cool. Thanks, man. Thanks again for your time. Love you. Appreciate you. Tell Lauren Thank and the you. kids hey for me. And we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thanks, Steven. Thanks so much, guys. You bet.